God. Not just present, but active. And that makes all the difference in the world. So we thank you, Lord, for your activity in our lives. We thank you for honoring us, blessing us, keeping us, loving us, letting us know where you are and what you're doing. And that you're always working on our behalf. So we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we were talking yesterday about how do you plead? What is your plea before the throne of God? And we need to understand that the word of God is a legal document. It is a sworn signed. It's an eternal legal document on top of that. So there is no wiggle room for God to get out of anything. He doesn't want to. Amen. Amen. (laughs) See, when he promises something, he means to stick with it. Amen. He means to perform what it is that he is, is speaking to us. We need to understand also that there is no possibility that God would not give us what he has promised in the word. There is no possibility. Uh, when men make covenants, they swear by something greater than themselves. Amen. <clears throat> For instance, if I were to promise uh, Miss Nola something, I would have to give her something that I'm willing to forfeit if I don't keep my end of it. Without me? It's just true. When you have a contract for your to buy your home, you quit paying them notes and guess what's gonna happen? Amen. A little truck back up there and you understand what I'm saying? It goes back to the bank. So there is a forfeiture clause either stated or implied in every covenant, agreement, contract, however you wanna Phrase it. Now in covenant, especially blood covenant, those were commonly made between different groups of people, factions, tribes. For instance, when Israel would, would go, want to travel and, and go to another land, they would have to either make peace with that tribe or they would have to conquer them in war, depending upon what God said. Now, if you want to make peace with somebody, you have to offer peace. And you also have to pledge something in case of forfeiture. So, for instance, if, if I have a covenant with Miss Nola, and part of my covenant is that if anything, God forbid, were to happen to either her or Mr. Dillard, I would take responsibility for their children in every way. And if I fail to do that, I have to pledge something that's more valuable than myself. Other than that, the contract's no good. Anybody can promise anybody anything and walk away from it. If we have no penalty for forfeiture, they walk away. So a smart person will get some kind of surety is what the Bible refers to, a collateral, something like that. And what people would do and, and still do in some countries when they make blood covenants is they will, <clears throat> especially if it's a very important person, that important person would find a substitute to shed blood on their behalf as a token that when and if 
they didn't keep their promise to care for you, take care of you, on down to however many generations, the avenger of blood could come and take their life in exchange for their not fulfilling their obligation. Well, in the case of our covenant with God through Jesus Christ, the penalty of forfeiture is paid up front. Come on now. He gave his life already. So there's no possibility that he couldn't fulfill. The penalty's been paid up front. Amen? Just like somebody that is you, your rich uncle showing up one day and say, let me pay off your mortgage. Amen? So the penalty for your forfeiture is paid. Because you can't forfeit. Because it's paid. So God can't forfeit on anything he tells us he's going to do for us because the penalty for forfeiture has been paid up front. So it's a done deal. That's why the Bible says that we have strong consolation. That's how people get up in your face and say, I know I'm saved. Hey! <laughs> Not because of what they believe or how strong they believe it, but because of the one who's saving them. And what he's done. So God, the the Bible says, because he could swear by no higher, he swore by himself to himself on our behalf. So God swore to himself that he would take care of you. He didn't swear that to you. Hey, (laughs) you just walked into the middle of a good conversation. That's how you got saved. God the Father and the Holy Spirit and the Son Jesus Christ swore to one another, we're going to save this one and not let her go to hell. And to prove it, Jesus went to the cross and died a bloody death so that everything you could do to get you to hell has been paid for already. I like this guy. Huh? I do. You know, people get stupid, walk off from God. Well, you know, them people at that church ain't right. How dare you? We right because any penalty that would keep us wrong has been paid up front. Huh? All I got to do is partake of the, the covenant and say, yes, Lord, thank you, Jesus, and please forgive me if I'm wrong. You understand what I'm saying? It's all paid for. Praise the Lord. So we have strong consolation. It, it, what that means is that once you lock into believing that, no demon in hell can pry you off of it. You just keep believing. Keep going back again. Keep going back to your word. Hold on a minute, devil. Hold that thought. Let me see if I can find something to fix you up in here in this, in this 66 books. I know I got something for that lie. Amen. So when we plead the blood, we're pleading that we cannot lose. We cannot not get our healing. We cannot not get our prosperity. We cannot not get Whatever it is that we're standing on 
the promises that God has given us, whatever you see in this word that he speaks to your heart, when you plead the blood, that means that that's your only requirement, your only answer for the fact that you can receive what it is that you're believing for. You can receive it because of what he did. It's irrevocable. It can't be turned upside down. It cannot be denied. As long as it's believed, it cannot be denied. That's our only job is to, the Bible says, labor to enter into your rest. Just fight a good fight of faith and fight hard to get into that place where you understand and you know that God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Yeah, he's going to do it. Just hide and watch. If you don't have enough nerve to to believe him and, and continue to, to stand ready to receive, just go somewhere and hide and watch it happen because he's going to do it. He is definitely going to do it. Amen. And he also says this. If you if you get wimpy on me and faint and unbelieving, I'm going to do it anyway because I can't deny I said I was going to do it. So there he's keeping his word to himself again. He swore to himself that he was keep his covenant to anybody who believes. So God really is not so much keeping his word to us. He's keeping it to himself. And if us get stupid and walk away and us fall out with folk and don't come to church no more. Don't want to pray no more. He's still going to keep his word to himself. Amen. You know, you can get crazy and, and believe God for a, a car and lose the house, but he's going to bring that car up and whoever living in that house, he's going to pull it right in that driveway. <laughs> okay, lighten up everybody. You can lighten up. But he's going, he's going to keep his word. He cannot deny himself. Amen. God is good. God is faithful. His blood is what makes him faithful. Cause he's already paid the penalty for him not coming through for you. Amen. Which means he's coming through. That's what that means. It means he's coming through without fail. So um, how do we plead? When we get symptoms in our body, we were talking about this yesterday. When, when symptoms become an accusation of the devil, not against you. Now he going to work you in there. Huh? Look at you. Been spending all them years smoking dope and living all crazy and now you got AIDS. Now you got this. Look at you. Well, really, if you plead the blood, then the, the responsibility for your condition is not yours anymore. Huh? Now see what we do is we sit up and try to answer him and defend ourselves. Huh? I didn't do, now, now wait a minute, devil, now wait, <laughs> Mr. Devil, uh, and have a conversation with him. And that's his job. He accuses the saints day and night. He's like a broken record. He goes around to everybody, 
Even the saints you think is doing everything right, he accuses them too. Huh? Oh, it go up to anybody and tell them, look at you, what you did. You done done all this and done all that. And then on the one hand, he's tempting you to do it. And then when you do it, he go and accuse you. Look at you. Well, you was the one that just told me. I... <laughs> huh? So he accuses us at the throne of God day and night. I mean, that's kind of relentless when you think about it. It's amazing we can have a normal spiritual thought. I mean, seriously. You gotta stay close to God. You gotta stay under the shadow of the Almighty. You gotta make the Lord your refuge. In order to just have a normal thought so that you can process it and, and make a decision based on what God wants you to do. And so when He accuses us, Instead of answering in defense of self, see, he's accusing your spirit man, but he wants your flesh to speak up. Cause see, you're dead to sin and lie to righteousness. So what he's talking about sin wise, that don't apply to you anymore. You're dead to that. Huh? Because most of the things he accuses the normal saint of, they wouldn't think of doing it. That thought came from him. So he'll accuse you of all these things and then you sit and you think, oh wow. And then you start having memories where you used to do and how you used, to, and that, that person's dead already. Amen? So he wants you to plead your own case like you got a right to defend yourself against his stupid accusations. And we do it all the time. We try to shape up real quick. We try to do everything right. We don't want to feel condemned. We, you know. Why? Because he comes to you in your own voice. So those, those thoughts sound familiar to us. The f- voice is familiar. Well, maybe I need to repent again. Tell God I'm sorry again. And he got you backed up in a corner. Amen. Or, you know, the, the typical, if, if we've got to wait for something, my goodness, time. Woo. It's either an enemy or a friend. And most of the times we make it our enemy because we sit up and watch how long it takes for something to happen or how long it's been since we prayed or What's the hold up? Huh? It's on schedule. That's what you need to tell yourself. Well, my answer is on schedule. Cause I'm, I'm trusting God for it. See, if you're trusting God, it's always on schedule. It's always on time. And it will arrive on time. It'll be nice and fresh and crisp, just like you like it. Amen? But see, the enemy makes us think that because time has passed, there's something wrong with us. Amen. And I'm not saying that it's not all the time, but the Holy Spirit will let you know. The devil don't let you know about nothing. Amen. God does not use him to minister to his children. Amen. He's got, he's, he'll send, number one, God will send somebody with truth in him. He won't send a liar to help you. Especially the father of lies. 
He'll birth them as quick as you answer back. Well, yeah, I know it's some, it's gotta be some, but I'm gonna get that straightened out. It's straightened out. The blood straightens everything out. Amen? So when you're accused by the enemy, you, there's one plea that you can enter that will work to set you free every single time. And that is the blood of Jesus. Cause see, you don't have to be innocent. You don't have to be right all the time. You don't have to know a string of scripture. You don't have to know how to quote everything correctly, where chapter and verse is. Amen. You just got to depend on what he did. Yeah. Oh, devil, I ain't dependent on my good. Are you kidding me? Good works? Oh, no, I'm not, honey. I'm not dependent on that. I plead the blood. Huh? That's the plea you enter in the court of heaven. Amen. That's the only plea that'll give you access. That's the only plea that'll clean you up and get you in there. Amen. And it's very, very powerful. And I'm not talking about just for your situation in, in what you're fat, you're, you're fighting and battling personally, but it has a, a provision for corporate faith and corporate instruction to benefit from it. Let me see if I can find it. I usually know where I'm going. In my great map of things here. No, I don't. <laughs> Praise God. I think we're in Exodus chapter 12. I'm not sure. But let me turn there and see if that's what I want. I thought I wanted something else here. Ah, Go to Psalm 105 because that sums it up. Psalm 105. It's easier. One oh five and thirty seven. <clears throat> Talks about all the plagues that God brought upon Egypt. Why? To reveal himself to a sinful nation that had his people held captive. Give them a chance to repent. To know the living God. This is God's pattern throughout the history of God. When he starts revealing himself, it's to bring truth into people, bring light into darkness and give people. There are a lot of Egyptians that left with the Israelites at night. You understand what I'm saying? He said, and he says, verse 36, he smote also all the firstborn in their land, the chief of their strength. So Pharaoh's son was slain. But in Israel, but to Israel, he brought them forth also with silver and gold And there was not one feeble, not one, not one, not one. This is corporate covering. This is corporate atonement. This is corporate health. This is why you can be in a congregation of believers and you don't have a sick list. You understand? You don't start accumulating names of sick people to pray for. Amen. Why? Because there is a corporate health and people will grab onto the word and grab onto what God is doing 
there is a corporate level of health that goes out where there is not one feeble person among our tribe. Amen. The Bible also said nobody will say in this land that I am sick. No sick people. Huh? Let your confession always be the word of God. I don't care what your body is trying to tell you. Huh? You don't embrace and own that. That's a foreign entity to you. Sickness is. It is not compatible with the life of Christ, with eternal life. It's just not. So you can call those things that be not as though they are. That's heaven speak. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Because the penalty has been paid for already. God can't forfeit on that. Huh? All them symptoms got to go as long as you hold on to faith. Don't let faith go. Amen. You don't have to let faith go. You keep believing and keep confessing. I don't care how weak your voice sounds or how whatever it is. Amen. You can keep saying the word there was a a woman i know she's a prophetess she lived in israel for a few years and she said that they uh being a christian she had bible studies with the israeli people and she said there was a lady she said well this lady didn't seem to be real interested in the word or you know because they had had some people that were converts they became christians that had been jews listening to the word and so forth and so she said this lady was missing for a while and she assumed the lady had just lost interest and and gone on but she said she felt compelled to go and and check on her and she went by and she was this woman was extremely sick i'm not sure i remember what was wrong with her but she said her voice was barely audible and she said that she had a handheld recorder with her and she instructed the lady to say Isaiah 53, 4 over and over and over again in her own voice. And she left that tape with her. And she said in about four days time, that woman called her and told her every single symptom she had had left. Amen. Amen. See, when you speak like God speaks, by his stripes, we are healed. We were healed at Calvary. So, so when you do God speak and heaven speak, you speak the life of God into every situation. And you can do that because of the blood. The blood's paid for everything, even the, the, the failure of things. It's no fail. That's why God says he can work everything out together for good. Cause we have a covenant that cannot fail. Cause the penalty for failure has been paid already. Do you understand what I'm saying? So Jesus cannot renege on his promise because he gave his life. You know, like uh, the mafia people, you know, if, if they owe you money, they, you know, they say, oh, I, 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 give me some this money, I'll pay you back. I swear on my grandmother's eyes. You know, they know their life is worthless, so they bring granny into it. Huh? Well, the reason they all wind up floating in you know in the what's was that river in jersey or buried somewhere in the woods in jersey is because nobody's gonna drag grandma out that's not gonna get their money back for them 
but they're trying to swear on something to convince people to make a bad loan to them. Amen. So nobody's going to go grab granny, but you know, when people do stuff, we try to pull some power in there. We do it to pull power. God swore on the life of his son and gave his son's life up front for us. So there's no possibility that every single word in this Bible will not come to pass. Because penalty has been paid already. He can't forfeit. He already paid the penalty for it. So nobody will go up to heaven and say, we got to kill Jesus because I didn't get healed. Oh, no, honey. He gave his life up already for you. Uh It's all been paid. That means you can believe it. You can take it to the bank, cash the check, spend the money. Amen. Why? Because it's been paid up front. He can't renege. He won't renege. It's impossible for him to lie. Because of that. On top of that, the father raised him up from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the three of them are in cahoots together to heal you. They work together as a team. Amen. Father will give you a vision of yourself 100% well. The son speaks that to your heart and the Holy Spirit is the agent, agent that carries it out. He just begins to hover and work on you and take pain away, bring strength back. All of those things is a done deal. Amen. So no way it can't happen. Well, you know, sometimes people know, I don't know about sometime people. I don't know nobody named sometime people. Let's talk about somebody real. Let's talk about you. <laughs> what do you believe? Huh? So when you plead the blood, you throw yourself on the mercy of the court in heaven, the highest court known. You throw yourself on the mercy, which is everlasting. At the altar in heaven, it's called the mercy seat. Amen. Because Jesus ministers over it and his mercy endures forever. Amen. The Bible says God's wrath is but for a short time. But his, but that blood causes him to simmer down gives him peace about you so he's not mad at us the holy spirit is trying to get us to confess our sins and get freed from them faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us don't forget about the cleansing some people are like little thieves they so glad to be forgiven they run off get oh yeah i'm forgiven and run off with a bad conscience condemnation fear all of that Amen. You stay there till you get cleansed. Ow! <laughs> In God's presence. Yeah, you should leave the throne room with no condemnation, no demons chasing you, telling you what you used to do and how bad you are and you don't do this right. You, you, you supposed to be cleansed now. Amen. Forgiven's one thing. You know, that's a legal term. Cleansing is personal. 
Amen? You want both. You want the legal and the personal. Amen? And don't leave out without both of them. Don't skip any of this. Amen? And, 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 uh, stay for a while. Quit running in and out of the throne room. I want this, I want that, I want that. Off to something else. Stay around for a little bit. Amen? Worship God for a little bit. Get an understanding of, of how much He loves you and, and what He'll do for you. Amen? That's cleansing. See, when you're cleansed, you feel comfortable spending more time with Him. Amen? Just because you like, oh, okay, God, well, really? You gonna do that? You, you, you gonna do that for me? This is, wow. See, you can get the wow factor and all of that because he cleanses us. You shall be holy because I'm holy. So he makes us like him. Gives us that fellowship, that, that something in common, that camaraderie that we have with God that's invaluable. It's invaluable. It's wonderful. It's good when you're God's friend. You know, where you can just go tell him anything and, and, and share things with him and, and open up to him and he'll give you his thoughts about things. You know, it's, it's wonderful. That's what happens when you're cleansed. You can hang around for a while. Amen. 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 So in, okay, so Israel started out fully did we say he brought them out with silver and gold and there was not one feeble person among their tribes we sum it up saying they were healthy and wealthy amen egypt was glad when they left don't be mad at people who don't like you and don't want to be around you it's kind of like a status thing in the kingdom, if you think about it. Amen. They don't like me. Cool. Amen. God did many, many miracles on their behalf for his people. Amen. He rebuked the Red Sea. He made it part for them and then dried up the floor of the sea so they didn't go through a slip and slide. Amen. And so it's God's idea of an answered prayer sometimes is so much higher than what ours is and i think sometimes that's why we get a little weary tired of waiting and anxious about things because his standards are so much higher he's got to do a kingdom thing in addition to doing a personal thing for you and many times all we think about is the personal thing you know, but he's doing something kingdom wise. You think about some of the great people that, that really worked for God in the Bible. They were delay promises. Amen. John the Baptist was a delay. Samuel was a delay. Amen. Um, uh, Isaac was a delay. And so there are sometimes king time means kingdom. In your life. You got to understand that. It's not like instant everything. 
where God just throws everything out there for us at one time. We've got to have faith to bring it in, faith to hold on to it, faith to manage it. And then it, there's a kingdom purpose there. There's somebody who's watching your life and will hear your testimony when it's all done. Amen. And so that's, that's where God gets paid. See, we get paid when we get the answer. God wants to get paid too. Amen. I don't know of anybody you ever worked for that didn't make some money off of what you did. Huh? So we can understand that with men. We can definitely understand that with God. Amen. So Israel was brought out prosperous, no sickness, nothing like that. And Numbers 21, if you'll turn there. And start in verse 4, it says, And when they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. See, the way God brings us can either, it's a challenge, it's a test for us to see if we will hold up in faith and be encouraged the way it was when they started out. Amen. See, it was fun when they left Egypt. They took all the, the wealth and everything from the neighbors. They saw Pharaoh washed into the sea. Amen. Everybody got out and danced, had a hallelujah good time. Huh? But you don't see them doing that after that. What do you see them doing? Angry, discouraged. So then all the attitude of Egypt comes back. Very quickly. Amen. How many of us stay encouraged every single minute of every single day? Amen. So that old Egyptian mentality is just hanging around waiting to latch on to anything it can. Devil come up and say, well, why is it taking so long? And then you get discouraged. And why is it taking so long? And I don't know. Well, who told you it was long? Maybe it's short as far as God is concerned. Amen. And so there's no reason for us to turn like that. You can always encourage yourself in the Lord. You can always meditate on scripture. You can always bring that back. Why? The blood gives us strong consolation. Devil, I don't care how much time goes by. I'm staying right here because I know my stuff is coming. Amen. Like Job, he went from losing everything except his wife. Amen. Which she, you know, she wasn't no real prize either. She was having a hard time with everything. And she let him know it. Amen. Telling him to curse God and die. Well, that'll make you a widow. That's what I'm talking about. Huh? You said it. I didn't. Huh? <laughs> But Israel started the complaint ministry when they would 
get into these difficult situations and instead of crying out to God, which any of them could have done, they didn't have to put it all on Moses. But Moses undertook because God had called him as a leader. He stood up for the people and interceded for them. But it said, verse 4, they journeyed and, and got discouraged because of the way, because of the means, because of God's plan for them. They got discouraged. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, no water, and our soul is is loath this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. And much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned and spoken against the Lord. Now a lot of times carnal people react to things in the natural. You understand what I'm saying? Spiritual people, though, can be reached by the Spirit. You know, it, it, many times we think God has to show somebody something negative to get their attention so that they can change and turn around. But with spiritual people, God speaks to them by the Spirit. Amen? Your kids don't have to go through trouble and Losing a job and being in a homeless shelter and all that stuff to come back to God. They got God in them already. Start appealing to that God within. Amen. God speak to them. God pull the blinders off there. Send somebody to witness to them if they, you understand what I'm saying? You send the spiritual for the spiritual. There were no spiritual people in this group. They were all carnal people. Amen. Even Moses and Aaron, they all suffered trouble. But but sin spiritual for spiritual. Because when these people saw the consequences, this is how God taught them during the old covenant. Don't go old covenant in this dispensation. Amen. Stay with the new. Ask God to speak to me. He loved him just like he loves you. You've been confused too. Nobody knew it but you and God. But, you know, <laughs> you've been just as confused as they are. So he said, he made a, he, they prayed, they said, we have sinned and spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from, from us. And Moses prayed for the people and Lord, the Lord told Moses to make a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looks on it shall live. Amen. See, what the enemy likes to do when he accuses us is to keep us backing away from the thing he accuses us of. You understand? Hey, I didn't do that. Well, no, you understand. See, the reason I did that was because of this. Or I didn't, you know, anything but responsibility. What God is saying is take on it. That's me. Amen. Confess that. And I'll remove it from you. See, the more we plead our own case in our minds and in our thinking and with our words and when the devil accuses you, the more you try to defend yourself, the less of a defense you get in heaven. Jesus can't help you until your only plea is the blood. 
I'm going to say it again. He can't help you when you're trying to defend yourself. Amen. Any good lawyer will tell you if if you call and, and tell them, uh, I just got arrested and and I, I need you to 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 go to the bail bonds and get my bail and they say, okay, shut up, don't say nothing else to nobody. You understand what I'm saying? And tell them you have uh uh, uh you know you've retained an attorney and talk to me when I get there. That's what Jesus is telling us. When you plead the blood, shut up trying to explain to the devil in, in your mind why you do what you do. You don't know why you do what you do. Oh, I'm the victim of a generational, you don't even know how to spell it. And if you read your Bible, you'll see there's no curse on this covenant. Why? Because it's not, it's, you ain't got nothing to do with it. You didn't get consulted before the foundation of the world to contribute nothing. Even the older covenants, man didn't contribute anything. What did he do to Abraham when Abraham said, how will I know you're going to give me a son? He said, shut up and go to sleep. That's how you know. You don't have no input, no output, no say so. Let me take care of this for you. There's no sin on this covenant. Nobody contributed their blood except Jesus. So it's a sinless covenant made by a sinless son under the authority of a sinless father and the agent being the Holy Spirit that raised him up from the dead. We have nothing to do with it but say, yes! I want it. I receive it. I have it. That's a better deal than I've ever seen in my life. You mean I can't mess it up? No, you can't. All the witches and the warlocks in your history can, uh uh-uh. They have no power here. The blood is all powerful. Huh? You mean all the generations? I don't care about your people. Because you don't even know nothing about them either. You claiming something you don't know nothing about. Huh? I mean it sounds nice in religious circles to talk that stuff. That's what we've had a lot of bunch of religious people. Trying to tell us about all the curses. Look at all the curses. Yeah but look at all the blessings. Them curses got canceled, my Bible says. I am redeemed from the curse of the broken law. When I break the law, there's no curse coming to me. Jesus took it already. He stood right in the middle of the curse coming toward me. And when that curse saw his blood, it said, went back the other way. Right back where it came from. That's why I always contend you can't have sickness. Because the curse causeless will not come. There's no cause for you to accept a curse. 
unless you just want one. You like voodoo? You like nonsense? Huh? God's not putting any of that on us. He sent his son to absorb all of that so we don't have to take it. How are you going to live worrying about bills, worrying about health? How can you do something for God and you got all that hanging over you? Well, I can't do this wrong or I'll be under the, you ain't under nothing. And I'm really, it, it really is unfortunate that we've allowed people New Testament Christians and ministers and spirit-filled people to put that on us. Because many of them will stand up right now and tell you if you don't tithe, you cursed. Ain't no curse on the new covenant. Oh, yes, it is. No, you just want my money and you ain't getting it. Because I don't give my money to people that curse me. I give my money to people that bless me. Curse didn't work when God spoke it. Israel served him for three days and got up and served somebody else the rest of them. Huh? They didn't have the power to do anything different. Live in the blessing, folks. Live in the blessing. Let's follow hard after God. Give him everything you got and then some. Don't hold anything back. This is a God worth sacrificing for. I mean, the little things that we get in this world, you know, it's worth it. It's worth to let go of some stuff that we think is so important to us in order to gain Christ. Amen. So when we plead the blood then the blood will speak on our behalf. Amen. In Hebrews 12, if you'll turn there. Start at 14, it says, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator, a profane person, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance. That's not us, though, though he sought it carefully with tears. For you are not come unto the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. That was the old covenant. Amen. That's why Esau couldn't get his rights back. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of word. You never lose your covenant rights. You understand me? The penalty for forfeiture has been paid. Which means you're always in the will. Amen. You could be that long lost 
cousin that living on the street, somebody go find you and say, hey, did you know your granddaddy died yesterday and they reading the will over there? You can come in stinky, raggedy, whatever you are, but you're in the will. Amen. You get to sit right up there in them nice chairs with everybody else and hear all the great stuff that's being coming your way. That's us. And he says, for they could not endure that which was commanded. Amen. Just, they just, it, it wasn't something that they could, they weren't capable of responding to God in a way of obedience consistently. And he said they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. And he was granted permission by God to come toward him. He says, but you are coming to Mount Zion. Amen. You come into the land of the free woman, not the slave. Amen. Unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, with the mercy seat, covered with the blood of Jesus, the eternal blood, eternal mercy. That's what we get. You don't get a curse. There ain't no curse in heaven to give you. Any curse that comes near that mercy seat gets annihilated by the blood. So that's why sickness can't stay with God's people. The city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable companies of company of angels. How many you need? They're yours without number. My little dog had an eye injury. I'm saying head because she's healed. And and she was having a hard time in the middle of the night turning over on it. It's it's on her eye and it bleeds. So I plead the blood of Jesus over the devil's blood. I say you can't you can't kill her. The blood is stronger than that. And I asked the Lord, I said, Could you have angels babysit her at night so she doesn't hurt herself? Do you understand what I'm saying? They're ministering spirits for us. And sure enough, this morning she got up. She wasn't bleeding anywhere. She was. God did a couple of miraculous things for us yesterday. Just from pleading the blood. And thanking him for giving his son in exchange for my little dog. Amen. Who eats up everything. I was, I was putting together some, some, Christmas baskets or something like that. And I decided there's, you know, a couple people in the family, they go keto till you make a pound cake and then they, something else. But, huh? Not throwing no shade on nobody, but, huh? So I had forgot I had some of these uh, beef sticks in a box on the floor. And I heard something in the middle of the night, just paper, paper rail i got a picture i keep that picture in my phone she had been in there and i found a trail of like 12 now she don't have no fingers to peel them open but she'd be cleaning them they vacuum cleaned honey ain't nothing left in them you got me well jesus had babysitters for her all night long he'll have them again tonight you got me 
He loves me and he loves her. Amen. Loves us. But he says that you have come to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn. Anybody throw you out they church? You say, oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. I, I belong to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn. I can't be thrown out of that. They throw you out. Some people is a blessing. Huh? Shake the dust. <laughs> Wipe the dust off your feet and keep going. God's trying to get through to you. He says, general assembly of the, and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. So anybody throw you out of thing, anything man made, tell them I'm written in heaven already. You can't put me out of heaven. And God, to God, the judge of all, and to spirits of just men made perfect by the power of the blood. And to Jesus, the mediator. Ooh, you get a mediator too? Woo-wee. That's a lawyer and a counselor. And somebody who can speak to the Father on your behalf and convince them. Convince the Father toward you. Convince the Father toward you. The Father is the judge. He has passed all judgment into Jesus' hands. But the three have to agree. Father, Son, Holy Spirit have to agree in one. So Jesus begins to minister over your prayers, over your requests, over your life, over where you can be promoted or not, over whether you can get the things that he ministers over that with great mercy. You know how? Because he's been without a home. He's been without food. He's been tired. He's been thirsty. Amen. He's been by himself. He's been, he's been touched by everything that you're touched with in your weakness, yet without sin, so he can speak up real good on our behalf. See, we need a mediator, and he's not making excuses for us either. He says, Father, this one is worth it. Why? Because they're pleading the blood. This one is blood bought. They got faith in what I've done. They know me, and I know them. So he's the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. So Jesus' blood speaks better. It talks better. It's a new language that God speaks in the new covenant. What's a better way of speaking about your situation? Calling those things that be not as though they are. That's better. Amen. Exceeding and abundantly beyond all you could ask or think. That's better. He's ready to blow your mind with what he's going to do. And what he's doing, if we could see the things coming toward us, We'd raise our hands and say, come here and stop. Woo! Hallelujah. Bring it here. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Huh? It speaks better things. 
see that you don't refuse him who speaks. Amen. By his blood. Always embrace what Jesus is wanting to do for you. Appreciate him. Spend time with him. Amen. You have come to Mount Zion, the general assembly of the church of the firstborn whose names are written in his blood. You can't get higher than that. We need to act more like we're there because we are. That's where we reside. So it does not matter what man says about you, what man threatens to do to you, what they try to do to you. No, when you you get a no answer, just get, you know, like the ox. Just dig in deeper and push harder. Huh? That door is going to come open. I don't care who closed the door. They don't have what you got. Huh? Amen. If God says it's yours, it's yours. Huh? Just hunker down and dig in and push again. Amen. It's got to come open. If, if you're working with the faith of the son of God and he's told he has given you a yes, then there is no no that can stand against his yes. It speaks better. Amen. Better, 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 better. Amen. Sometimes God idea, God's idea better is different from ours. Amen. But he makes it better. Amen. So God's tell God, I want the better. Amen. I want what your blood says I'm supposed to have. His blood speaks better things. Amen. John three. Let me see where I'm with that. I'm with John. (laughs) Uh, three no I don't want to do that one I don't think Praise God. Let's go over to, let me see. Let me see if it's numbers 15 that I want. I think I covered First John where it says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. We did that already. Okay. Um, numbers 15. Okay. Shannon, find me the woman with the issue of blood. And we'll go there because this is part of it. It's not in numbers. <laughs> Which one? Which one is the longest one that what she said within herself? Mark five. Okay. All right. Thank you. We'll go there. We're still talking about the power of the blood and how it speaks. 
you need to know that Jesus' blood is everlasting. And it speaks throughout eternity. Now, when Jesus forfeited his life before the foundation of the earth with his word of promise, kind of like, well, Father, we'll create the man and the woman and we'll put them in the garden. When they sin and walk away from you, I'll give my life in exchange for them. So that verbal transaction was already done. It was acted out for our benefit at Calvary. Because spiritual, carnal people can't appreciate spiritual things. So we have to see something. So we saw him take sin on himself. We saw him give his life without trying to defend himself. We saw him. That was acted out totally so that everybody can appreciate and look to that and know what was done for them, but it was done already from the foundation of the earth. He had given his word and staked his life. Amen. So that blood was really shed before the foundation of the, it's eternal blood. It was given then. That's how he can walk the streets and take sickness off people. He was looking to the time where he would act it out, but as far as he was concerned, it was done already. And see, anybody who believed him partook of that faith that was done already. So for the, for the woman with the issue of blood, she didn't have to see Calvary in order to know Jesus could make her well. Her faith began to raise up in her and she knew by faith that he would do what he said he was going to do. So we're at Mark chapter Okay, I got you. And it says here in verse 25, it says, And a woman which had a certain, had an issue of blood, a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Now you read this right here, and this is why God tells you to believe in the power of the blood. He doesn't want you to go down this street. He doesn't want you to suffer many things from many doctors looking in the natural for your help. He offers you, you're already healed. Why are you doing that? You're healed already. If you can believe that you're healed and receive it in your heart, you have it. Amen. I remember when we, uh, 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 Brother Stone, the rapper, was in the ministry and he was feeling sick and he went to the doctor and he said his blood sugar was over 500 something and he he's made that song for us keep on getting your healing and he tells a very simple testimony of how he got healed and he said he came and got prayer he said he was slain in the spirit and he said I realized by his stripes I was already healed. He went home and never took another pill. And everybody listening to the testimony is going, gulp, you know, nothing. He just went cold turkey. Yeah, he believed the word. Amen. 
And he said there would be days where he wasn't feeling real good, but he still stood on that word and never took anything. And he said the Lord reminded him, he said, I've been dealing with you about your appetite and eating too much. And see, we got all these people on Facebook. Nothing wrong with y'all people. Do what you do. You do you, you let him do him. But I'm telling you, there's all different ways to skin a cat beside give it cream. All you cream lappers out there, you know, they only know one way to do anything. You go the way of the word and God will work with you where you are, where you believe. And he started watching his diet. Everybody's listening to his testimony. And they see this overweight man up there that's cured of diabetes. Ow! How he do that, Barb? It's called believe God. It's called the power of the blood. You either believe it or you don't. But see, you can't believe that and believe what Dr. Oz and all these other people be telling you and Oprah and all them people. Oprah hiding because she didn't bought Weight Watchers and ate it up and she's still overweight. Oh, Poppy, come on now. You got to let me have that one. (laughs) But I, I remember he... You know, there was some speaker that we had that got up after he finished his testimony. He said, well, he's still going to have to take that way. Well, he knows that. He said, God already told him that. You know how long it took him to take the extra pounds off? Ten years. God slow walked him. He'll slow walk you if you ain't nervous about what the world says about you. Okay. I can go over to the Y anytime. God is not a cookie cutter God. He's not a religious God. And he looks at your heart. That man's heart was to obey God and do the right thing. And God did not put him on a time schedule to do it. Between him and God, they agreed how he was going to work that part of it out. But he was still healed anyway. Huh? Absolutely. Your faith will override what the world says about your so-called bad habits. If you let it, it's going to have to at some point because the world is going to try and condemn you. Huh? Anyhow. There's no shame for anything. I'm serious. You, th- this is how the world gets us. They look at us and we fit into a mold they want to condemn and they put shame on us and we're crazy enough to pick it up and start walking in it instead of dealing with God on it and letting God help us to get to that place we need to be. Some of us will still tell a lie in a minute if we if it's convenient for us. You kidding me? 
I mean, people get you under all kind of pressure. You say, I can do that. <laughs> and they got the forensics out on you and everything already. Huh? Listen, Jesus was fat shamed in our place. They called him a glutton. And he was alcoholic shame too. They called him a wine bibber. So he took that shame for us. So that you can go in the secret place and deal with God for your issue. Huh? No shame in this righteousness game. There's only righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Let people think about what about you what they want to think and say what they want to say. They got it. They're accusing the blood of not doing an adequate job in delivering you. Amen. Get in trouble with God like that. So here the woman with the issue of blood. Well, they are. You condemn a blood bought person of being a sinner. Well, look at you. You eat too much. Yeah, you better watch me at Christmas. You better get your plate and run quick because I'm after all of it. Don't leave no gravy behind. No gravy left behind. Huh? I tear me up some gravy. Uh-huh. Cornbread, too. At the little family gatherings, my mother always told me... I left my skillet of cornbread on the on the uh table to cool and I came in and Barbara was sitting there eating that cornbread right yeah give me some more I plead guilty as charged unashamed bring me some more problem was you didn't give me no buttermilk to go with it huh <laughs> had to eat it slow so here's a woman with the issue, <laughs> issue of blood. Let me see if I can get there. Where are we, Mark? Five. 20. She had an issue of blood 12 years, suffered a lot, trying to get a natural cure. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I can but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. She didn't. Include herself in the considerations at all. See, where we make our mistake many times is including ourselves in the consideration. What we, what we did last, what we didn't do. Do we read the word enough? Do we do this or that? No, she just heard and went for it. She heard about him and made up her mind what she wanted. And she said, if I could but touch him, I shall be whole. And when she did, straight away, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Now, this woman was was able to connect with Jesus before Calvary based on the fact that the Bible says he himself took our infirmities. He himself bore our sicknesses. So he and the people, the disciples that he delegated to help him and do the job, were able under the anointing to gift people with perfect health, perfect soundness. Every time they came toward him, they were able to do that. Why? Because the blood speaks from eternity. 
See, if it weren't, if it, how did those people in the wilderness get healed? It had to have been a penalty prepaid at the foundation of the earth. Jesus paid that penalty with his words. In the beginning, it was his word that said, I'll give my life for that. That pledge was made to between him, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. So they're able to uphold the covenant from the old to the new. You find that consistency. God didn't like sickness on his people in the old covenant, and he definitely don't want it on us in the new one. So when he goes to Calvary, that makes it available to all who believe. As he walked the earth, it was the same condition. Everybody believed and they were able to receive what he was offering. Now it's offered in a blanket form. Everybody who believes in Jesus Christ as the one who paid the penalty for their sins and suffering receives that. Amen. When he walked and was ministering, all they had to do was believe his word. Because that's all that was given at that point was his word amen we can still do it by believing his word but also in believing in him that he's faithful and he's just forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness see now that he's lived and we saw his life and we saw him give his life we have faith in a character of person Not just in his word. Not just in a Bible promise and it comes up off the page. When you look at at in the new covenant now, the covenant that we're under, you see a sinless man who walked sinless on the earth. You see somebody who didn't compromise what he believed. And even when he was under pressure, you have you have faith in a character, a man of high character, somebody you can look to and say, I need to be like him. Oh, yeah, I am like him. He lives in me. And I need to start obeying that word so I can live sinless just like he lives sinless. Amen. And so when from what this lady is doing, she heard about him. She heard that he healed everybody. She heard that there he was anointed to heal people. And from her understanding of Jewish history, she knew that the hem of his garment represented the word and represented health and represented the promises of God. So all she had to do was touch a little bit. That's really all we have to do. Touch a little bit. Then the Bible says if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, there's no such thing as not enough faith. Amen. Take what you have and put it on the word. Amen. It all starts out as a small seed. Everything we do starts out as a small seed. It doesn't matter how much you you have. Even gamblers, people who run gaming tables will take, you see a little sign that says $5 minimum. You say, oh, let me go up there and I can play at least, you know, 15 minutes. They're willing to take your money no matter how small. You got me? God will take our faith no matter how small. Just start putting it on him. Amen. 
Just like you put your money on a, a hand, a deck of cards or a hand that you want to play, you put your faith on him. Put it down on him and let it stay down. Amen. And, and let that faith begin to mature in you. Go back and repeat it over again. God, I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that every symptom is leaving my body even as we speak. I am healed now. You're not waiting on him to heal you. He's waiting on you to believe. And keep believing. Amen. The devil will throw every kind of symptom at you that he thinks he's big enough to do. Amen. He'll double up on them. You think it's bad enough and it gets worse. It couldn't get any worse than that. Don't ever say that. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Because it will definitely get worse. That's a sign of fear. Amen. If you're believing God, you have no fear. Because in the end, he'll work it out for your good. In the end, your health will spring forth. Amen. If it's not coming fast enough, do do some fasting. Amen. Get rid of some stuff. You know, pass by the drive through See, y'all thought I was going to say something else, something else vague. Fast like, you know, oh, okay, I can skip a meal. No, skip the drive through Skip something you really like. That's what a fast is. It's the cutting away of the flesh. You don't, you don't want to enjoy certain things right now because you want your focus to be totally on God. Amen. And, and God will meet you there. The blood guarantees it. Guarantees. More than guarantees. It's a no fail covenant. It can't be messed up because no human being is involved in it except to receive what it is that God has done for us. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for your healing covenant, your covenant of great peace. No matter what happens, Lord, we have great peace because you paid for us to have that. Peace is nothing missing, nothing broken, blessed, happy, joyful, expectant of good, everything good coming toward us. That's what your peace is, Lord. It's so many different things. And we're so thankful for that. Jesus, you gave your life so that we could have wholeness in every area of our lives. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing out of sorts. Nothing withheld. Everything can come to us. We can expect good in every situation. Every situation. And we're so thankful for that, Lord. And we bless you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So if anybody wants to come up for prayer, I'll pray for you. And I'll pray for the people who are watching online and who.